Thanks for joining us for today's message. We want to encourage you to stop by NBCOcala.com if you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, or if you would like to support this ministry financially. Today, we're hearing a message from our series, Family Matters. During this series, we are discovering that a healthy relationship with God creates healthy relationships in life. Help me welcome our internet audience, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're, we're finishing our series, Family Matters. Um, this is our sixth week on this. There's much to say about it yet. And I'm sure we'll uh, circle back around on family things often. Um, and today, just I think some very important principles that we're, we're going to look at. Next week, I'm going to start a brand new series called Better. Everybody say Better. better. H- how many of you have any area of your life that you would like to, for it to, to be better? All right. Well, we're going to look at some things. And this is not hogwash. This is not pie in the sky kind of stuff. This is real deal out of uh, what, what God's word and what he really intends for us. So you want to be a part of that as well. Well, let's go ahead and dive in. We're going to start in uh, Isaiah 32. We've looked at this every week in this series. It says, in the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. My people, God is speaking, my people will abide in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. Isn't that a powerful uh, revelation of what God intends for our families? Now, that may not even resemble your current family situation. You know, peaceful habitation, quiet resting places, all of those. And I just want to encourage you with this. Um, just don't stay stuck. Just realize that where you're at right now may not be where God is wanting to take you. You know, there's a rest of the story, as we're, as we're going to see this morning. Uh, on uh, Friday night, Alicia and I came up to the church, and uh, C20 had a meeting. C20 is our college in 20-somethings uh, ministry, and then also Spanish ministry was meeting. And so we came up just to kind of hang a little bit. So we were... Um, uh, we were in C20 for a while, and then I wandered over to Spanish ministry, and they were eating. <laughs> so I walked in, and, and uh, one of the ladies said, Pastor, you should eat. And I said, I'll have a little bit of that salad. No, not just salad. And so they made me two plates full. <laughs> Do you know what I did with them? I ate them. <laughs> and then it dawned on me something, and I announced to them, and I want to announce to you today, that I have decided to be Spanish. Okay, so. Buenos dias. I'll get there, I'll get there, all right. Uh, And then wandered back over to C20. We had a guest speaker, J.J. Vasquez. He's a professor at Southeastern. He also is a youth pastor of a large Hispanic church in uh, Orlando. And he said something that just really, really struck me. And he was talking about where you are and where God wants to take you. And he said this, and I'll refer to this later on in the message too. He said, right now where you're at, it may be a bad thing, but it's not the last thing. Do you hear that? Right now it might be a bad thing, but with God, it's not the last thing. And so I want you to bear that in mind as we look at some things here this morning. Now, the passage that we just read The principle that we've lifted from that is righteousness brings peace. Will you say that? Righteousness brings peace. And so righteousness, as we've seen over these last few weeks, is to do things right. And God's way is right. And God's way is right because that's what makes things work. 
It's the way it's designed to work. So when we do things the way God has designed them, they work, that's right, and the Bible says that brings us peace. Now that word peace there, anybody remember what that Hebrew word is for peace? Shalom. And it's a loaded word, just a powerful word. It's usually translated peace, but it's not just peace. Peace is the capstone on that. But it's, it's wholeness, it's completeness. It's such wholeness and completeness that it gives the sense that nothing is missing and nothing is broken. Can you imagine that for all areas of your life? Nothing missing and nothing broken. And it's not just the actual reality, because that may be far from your reality of nothing missing, nothing broken. You see, I, I see a lot of things missing, a lot of things broken, but it's a sense of that. You know, and that's what peace is. It's a sense that, that comes on you. Could you think how you'd feel if you had a sense that nothing's missing, nothing's broken. That's like last day of school, the bell rings, you got straight A's, and it's summertime. <laughs> you know? And, and you know you're going to go on a good trip. No, it's that sense, that freedom. Y'all remember that, that feeling? And for us to live in shalom peace. Now, we've tried to illustrate shalom in this sense that it's made up of many things, many fabrics and strand, or strands and strings that make up the fabric of this. And when woven together, reinforced together, many different things coming together, it, it produces this thing that is strong, that it is useful, that it is even beautiful, that all of that coming together, that would be shalom. And that's what this passage and many, many others reveal that the God of peace, the God of shalom wants, not just for one area of our life, but all areas of our life, including, and in particular right now, our families. The reality is a little more like this, you know, that we're, we have rips and tears and snags, things come into our life and, um, you know, attack the family. Um, we are pretty good at snagging it ourselves, yes. you know, and so some of these are self-inflicted, but here's, here's the, the beauty of this is, is that they can be mended, that shalom can come to those areas of uh, where something is broken and so where something is missing. How does that come? It comes when we endeavor to do righteousness, when we do God's way of communicating, God's way of forgiving, God's way of, of caring for one another. When we do things God's way, then he brings that mending to that area of, of our life. Amen? Amen. There's a, a lady, um, her name's Rose. She's been with us uh, 20 years plus. Uh, she's, uh, how old is Rose. She's like 140, something like that. No, no, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. But she's late 70s, maybe early 80s, precious lady. And um, every time you greet Rose, she says, shalom, just shalom. So I saw her Wednesday night and I said, Rose, after service on Sunday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give away the shalom fabric. I said, which one do you want? She goes, I want the mended one. You know, so I told her, you picked such a great word to greet with, shalom. And so um, anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there. So, so don't steal this after the service, because Rose will hunt you down. Well, um, let me dip back into last week's service just a little bit. Everything is about decisions and directions. Everything. Um, As far as your concerns, as far as what you can do, you have things that happen beyond your control, but what you can do, everything has to do with decisions and directions. And our decisions and directions are informed by our principles and our priorities, okay? And it's going to sound like a lot of words, but I'm going to tie them together in a moment, and, and it's going to really make sense for you. It'll be a tool for you, okay?
Okay? So decisions and directions are informed by our principles and our priorities. Now, I want to add something to the equation here, and it's this. Roles. Everybody say roles. I'll explain that in a moment. But your roles, your roles actually set your priorities. Okay? Now, let's back up again. Your decisions and directions, that's what determines your outcomes. Okay? But what informs your decisions and directions? Your principles and your priorities. Okay, now let's go a little bit further back here. It's your roles in life, your roles that actually will set your priorities. And then your priorities are going to make your decisions. Okay? So if, you're, if your priorities are off, you're going to make wrong decisions. How many of you? Okay. Let me illustrate. So my roles are going to set my priorities. My priorities are going to make my decisions. Uh, Let's say, guys, let's say that your wife is scheduled for surgery. And the same day and same time of the surgery, there so happens to be a gun show at the armory. You've got a decision to make. I would encourage you to make the right one. Okay? And uh, not just out of fear. But out of priority. Because I'm promising you make the wrong decision, there will not be shalom at home. Okay? Um, Or let's say uh, your daughter, and I'll just talk to guys because I am a guy. Let's say your daughter's got a dance recital. At the same time as that dance recital, they're having a family feud slash walking dead marathon on TV. Well, let me encourage you to make the right decision based on your priorities. Go to the recital. Otherwise, there will be some family feud. And there will be some walking dead. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me today? Okay. So let's look at it this way. Your roles, your roles set and establish your priorities. Your priorities then will make your decisions. And your decisions are going to determine if there is shalom or not, or if there is blessing or if there is damage. And so we have to look at this. Now, I have to just drop in real quick here. We're going to get in your business for a few moments here. But the subtitle for today's message is this, Roles and Redemption. Okay? So you're going to see some things along the way. It's like, oh, I messed that up and I messed that up. But, you know, here's the good thing. It's going to end with redemption. And, and that's what God has, he has for us. This is not a house of condemnation. So if you've messed it up, welcome to the rest of us, okay? But this is the thing. This is a house of grace and truth. And that's how God will help us is through his grace and through his truth. But remember, roles first, and then we'll get to redemption here in just a few moments in case you're squirming just a little bit. So roles, let's look at this real quick. Roles, we actually get this, this word from the world of theater, and acting. And historically, they would say, here's your role, you know, the part you're going to play, and it would be a role of paper, and it would describe your character. It would, distri- it would uh, give you your lines. It would tell you when you're to enter, to exit. All of you, what you needed to know for your role was on this roll of paper. And then that word has come across to us, you know, for, for years and years and years now. So we understand that we have roles in life. So the roles represent a part that we are to play, so to speak. 
It's how we are to function. It's uh, who we're connected to and so forth. So we take the idea of roles and it begins with you. Everybody say me. It, it begins with you and all that you are. We use this phrase around here of T4. Do you know what your T4 is? It's your time, your talent, your treasure, your touch. That's part of you. That's part of your role. Um, uh, your gifts, your, your talents, your abilities. Here's an important one. Your story. Because your, your story makes you different and unique from anybody else. Your story, your biography helps to shape your theology, what you believe and have come to know about God because of what you've been through. Y'all with me? Bob your head or something here. And so all that you are, the influence that you have, the people you're connected to, your, your place in life, that's you. And, and concerning your role then, you make your entrance and now you interact with other people and you have responsibilities. And all of that taken together, that is your role. Um, and it shows up in different ways. Here's some of your roles. You might be a husband. You might be a wife. You might be a parent. You might be a child. You might be a brother. You might be a sister, an uncle, a grandparent, a friend, a neighbor, a boss, a coworker, whatever it would be. You have all these different roles, and we want to pull that in as it relates to this whole idea of roles, setting your priorities, priorities, making your decisions, your decisions determining if you have shalom or not. If you're still with me, say amen. Amen. Now, I'm not going to give you all the uh, instruction and and detail on all of this. We're going to kind of fly over this a little bit and give you principles. But I want to let you know that the light, all the light and instruction that you need concerning your roles are going to be found in God's Word. I want to look at one passage here out of the book of Colossians. It mirrors another section uh, that is in Ephesians 5 and 6. But, but look at this, and, and, and I've got it in the message paraphrase so that we can all get something out of this. Wives, understand and support your husbands by submitting to them in ways that honor the master. Husbands, any husbands here? Yes. Three of you. Guys, listen, we are not raising wimpy guys around here, okay? Okay? So I need you all in on this. So let's try this again. Husbands. All right. Husbands, go all out in love for your wives. Ladies. Didn't didn't have to tell them. Don't take advantage of them. Verse 20. Children, do what your parents tell you. This delights the master to know in and your mom and dad. Parents, don't come down too hard on your children or you'll crush their spirits. Servants or employees, do what you're told to, uh, told by your earthly masters and don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, for God. Confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. And so this gives us a little bit of an overview of some of our roles. And probably all of us have thought, oh, wow, as a parent, I was too hard. As, as a husband, I didn't do this. As a wife, I didn't do that. And so we're venturing out into this as, as we look at our roles. I want to say, just to note the last part there, too, um, I think Christians... Believers, followers of Jesus should be the best workers in any setting that they're in. 
Well, this side got it, but you guys, come on. I believe that Christians should be the best workers, the most joyful, detailed, prompt to do it, good-natured workers in any setting that you find them. Amen. Amen. And um, that we more than pull our weight, and we do so with joy. And you say, well, I don't want to be on this job forever. Well, you know what? You pass this test, and you can get to the next spot. Be faithful and little, and God will promote you to the next. It's just a matter of being faithful where you are right now, and God will meet you there. Remember, you're, work, you're working for Jesus. Amen. Now, I would not recommend you go into work tomorrow and tell your boss, boss, I work for Jesus. Because he's going to release you full-time to go work for Jesus, okay? So... Little wisdom goes a long way. In Colossians 3, verse 17, which is just prior to what we just read, it says, And whatever you do, say that, whatever you do, whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it in a way that represents him well, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, or here it is again, whatever you do. So this is our roles. Whatever you do, that's your roles. Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So we see from a number of passages, whatever you do, your roles, you're to do them in such a way that represents Jesus well, in a way that shows gratitude to him, in a way that brings glory to him. Whatever you do, that's your roles. So you, let, let me just dive into this here. Uh, you must find and fulfill your roles. Read that with me. Find and fulfill your roles. This is our bottom line today. Read it one more time. Find and fulfill your roles. Let's talk about this a little bit. Let's go back on stage, so to speak, back to the idea of theater. How many of you have ever seen live theater before? You've been to something like that. Maybe it was your fifth grade play at school, but still this, this, this works, okay? Um, you're to find and fulfill your role because here's what happens. When you miss your entrance, when you flub your lines, when you misportray your character, you know what you tend to do? You tend to throw somebody off on their role. You know, you miss your lines, they'll, you might throw them off on their lines. You miss your entrance, you're going to kind of mess up the sequence of things and throw somebody else off in, in their role. Are you all with me? You, you portray your character in the wrong way. It's not even going to make sense for everybody else's role. Now apply that down into family matters. And as we're talking about your roles as a person, you know, if you quote, flub your lines, miss your entrance, misportray your character, you're going to throw somebody else off. Well, what, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, what if, it, what if uh, me, one of my roles, is a, is a father? What if I miss my lines? What if I miss my entrance, flub my lines? What if I misportray what the character of a father should be? You know what I do? then in my role, I'm going to throw somebody else off on their role. I'm going to throw my kids off on their role. Y'all hear me? What, what if I, as a husband, I don't do this thing right. I, I flub my lines. I miss my entrance. I, I, miss, I miss portray the character of what a godly and good husband is. You know what? Then I'm going to throw a whole lot of things off kilter and throw people out of the roles. You, you follow me on this. So it is vital that we find and fulfill our roles because it is all connected. It's all connected in, in this way. It's like you and I are, are strands in this. Our, when we fulfill our role, when, when we find and fulfill our role, we're part of the reinforcement of this, of bringing this together. But when we miss our lines, miss our entrance, misportray something, 
something will be missing. Something will be broken in there. So it is vital, again, read it with me, find and fulfill your roles. When you find and fulfill your roles, you preserve the creative order. Again, keep the idea of a story or theater going on here. You preserve the creative order. Somebody came up with this story. God has an intended storyline. And when you and I find and fulfill our roles, we help to preserve the story. We help to preserve the creative order. And back to the beginning of this, we help to preserve the fabric of shalom, that nothing is missing, nothing is broken. We've helped to preserve the creative order. When we find and and fulfill our role, we also protect uh, and prevent damage. We prevent damage. And we've seen damage here. Something missing, something broken. That's when we have damage. Um, I find that usually damage comes in family and that kind of thing. It all begins with little things. Everybody say little things. It's just that, that word, it's that this, it's you flubbed your lines there, you missed your entrance. It's like that is out of character. Um, those kind of things, it's damage. And I think when we find and fulfill our roles, we prevent that kind of damage. Song of Solomon says this, it's the little foxes that spoil or ruin the vine. Get that? It's the little things that sneak in, that come in, that begins to erode and break down. It's interesting to me, little foxes that spoil the vine. Then in Psalm 128, it, it describes the family and it talks about the, the mother and the children. And it says as they sit around, it, it is like uh, uh, this vine, this fruitful vine. And so it's the little things that would come in to attack our families. We're so talking about little things. Well, if you and I will find and fulfill our role, we will prevent things from coming into our family, such as insecurity, such as wrong influence, such as poverty, such as wrong standards. Just just our presence of finding and fulfilling our role, we're going to help to be able to block out some of the things and prevent damage for our families. Now, quickly, you must also, concerning our roles, and this is a little change of gears here, you must get into four or five of your roles every week. Go ahead and read it as it is. Four to five of your roles every week. You're not just one-dimensional. You have many roles in your life. We've taught on this some, but I'm pulling this down to apply it to our families here. Um, Every week, say every week, you've got to intentionally get into four or five of your roles. Burnout occurs when you only focus on one or two of your roles. Hear me. This is rampant and epidemic in in our culture especially. Burnout occurs. You're going to get a flat side on you when you only focus on one or two of your roles. Well, I'm I'm a busy businessman and I like to golf. Well, you know what? That's awesome. But you have other roles. And here's what happens. When you add the margin and the variety of your other roles, you will be more healthy. And consequently, everybody connected you is going to be more healthy. But we've got to make sure that we're not just in one or two of these roles. Intentionally. Be intentional about this. And then be fully present. You know, if you decide, okay, I'm going to spend more time with my wife. And you go, okay, I'm here. What do you want to do? You know, you need to be fully present. You know, right now, this is what I'm doing. I am in this role. I, I, I try to do this when schedule uh, permits. I'll find a way every week to do it. 
But what I like to do is like on Friday afternoon, I'll go pick up my grandson, Gavin, and we might go to the pet store and get some ice cream or whatever. And it may just be 45 minutes. It may be just an hour, but I am completely peepaw in that time. And you know what? And it does me good and it does him good, you know, so that I can make my entrance, get my lines right and portray what godly godly peepaw looks like okay and have that have that influence and the joy that it brings me and the challenge and so forth but it is just it is it is vital that we get in these roles and wherever you are what do we say be all there wherever you are be all there so you must get into four or five of your roles to help you find and fulfill yours let me share with you my roles okay I am first of all, and remember our roles set our what? Our priorities, and our priorities are going to make our decisions. So first and foremost, I am a son. I am a child of the living most high God. Secondly, I am a husband to Alicia. And then I am a father and a father-in-law to Lee, Katie, Elise, Chris, Joshua, Greta, and Gabriel. And I'm a grandfather, or rather peepaw. To Gavin and Cora, I'm a pastor, I am a boss, I am a friend, I am a brother, I am a son, I am an uncle, I am a great uncle, I'm a student, I'm a chaplain, I'm a neighbor, and last but not least, I'm a pet owner. (laughs) Oh yeah, and I'm Spanish. (laughs) See. All right, so look with me. My roles establish my priorities. Read it with me. My roles establish my... I just told you my roles, and you've got to find your roles so you can fill your... You've got to think this out. Before the sun goes down tonight, I want you to think it out, and not just so I do this and I do this. Ha! There's way more to your life, and if you're going to be healthy, and if, we're, if, if there's going to be shalom in your life and around you, Find and fulfill your roles. Your roles will establish your priorities. And then your priorities are going to inform, probably a weak word here, your priorities are going to set and decide for you. They're going to make your decisions for you. And your decisions then, stay with me on this, your decisions are going to determine if there's shalom or not. Your decisions are going to determine if there's blessing or if there's damage. And it all goes back to finding And fulfilling your roles. Well, what would the enemy do to block this? Well, I think, first of all, he would diminish your roles. He would somehow get you to not see your certain roles as important. He would diminish your roles. And then secondly, as a result of that, I think he would try to derail your priorities. And once he can do that, once he can diminish your roles, and he can derail your priorities... Now the foundation, now the structure for making good decisions is so compromised. You're not going to make good decisions. Look at me. You're not going to make good decisions if you don't know what your roles are. Because then you don't know what your priorities are. You're going to have weird priorities that are just assigned to you because, well, my friend likes that or this. Or, and we're going. You know, your decisions are, are ultimately going to come back to those priorities that ultimately are going to come back to your roles in life. And that's your life. That's how God has put you. You want shalom or not. You want blessing or you want damage. And it all goes back to that. So as we look at this, 
we say, wow, I missed it here and here and here and here. I, there's nobody in this room that's been perfect in all your roles. And some of you today, and I tried to set it up earlier, you know, this is not a house of condemnation. Some of you may be feeling, man, I have messed it up there and there and there, and I have dropped the ball here and there. And so, you know, let me just yell at you and we'll close in prayer. <laughs> no, remember our subtitle, uh, Roles and Redemption. You know what we need? We need help. And David said, my help comes from the Lord. Job said this, and I love this. He said, I know that my Redeemer lives. Say it with me. I know that my Redeemer lives. And he's a Redeemer. There's nothing he cannot do, nothing he cannot help. There is nothing that he cannot fix. He's a creator and he's a Redeemer. Right now in heaven and forever, worship is going on. God is worthy of eternal worship because of these two things. You ready for this? Because he's a creator and he's a Redeemer. Revelation chapter 4, it says that they, they cease not day or night forever. Holy, 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 worthy, worthy, worthy is God to receive all glory and all honor and all praise and all dominion because he has created. A little bit further, we find the same thing going on. They cease not day and night to declare that he's worthy and he's holy uh, to receive all of these things because he's the one who redeems. So follow this. He's a creator and he's a redeemer. Keep that on this hand. And what is shalom? Nothing missing and nothing broken. Go back over here. He's a creator. He can make things. He's a redeemer. He can fix things. Y'all with me? Creator can make things. Redeemer can fix things. And if something's missing, he can make it. And if something's broken, he can fix it. And so wherever your family, your situation is right now, I want you to know our redeemer lives and he's able to help us with it right now may not be a good thing but it's not the last thing so let me just go back to this whole idea and never underestimate what our redeemer can do follow me as i as i close this out this morning it's this big story and we've y'all jump in this with me here and we've missed some entrances and flubbed some lines and misportrayed some character. But this is what you've got to realize. Whatever's going on right now, it may be a bad thing, but it's not the last thing. We're in a story. You're in a chapter. If y'all ever read a story, you ever get to a chapter, I hate this chapter. I didn't want that to happen. I hate that that happened to them. You've read those stories, but this is the thing. Don't, don't view this as the end of the story. This is a chapter. Every story has these elements of a setting and of characters and the development of those characters. And then in the middle of that crisis, a problem comes. And the rest of the story is about attempts to resolve that problem, resolve that crisis. And then ultimately it comes down to some kind of resolution. Something happens, and ultimately what we want for every story, what we want for your story, is that they lived happily ever after. And can I tell you something? That's what God wants for you. That's what, God, that's what we started out with that verse. That's what God wants in your family. That's what he wants for you. He said, it doesn't look anything like that right now. That's because we're not at the end of the story. We might be in an ugly chapter right now. We're glad this book is not illustrated. Please don't make this into a movie. But here's the good news. You ready? You ready for this? The producer, 
The writer and the director is God our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. And if we, if we will cooperate with him in the rest of the chapters of this story, he can get us to a good place. Oh, and I forgot to tell you about one other person in the story, Jesus. He's the hero. And he's able to come in and save the day. He's able to come in and save your family. He's able to come in and save the story. And what we have to do, God, this is a mess. And you just got to realize this might be a bad thing. This is not the last thing. And we're going to have to trust. We're going to have to trust our Redeemer. And listen to me. Get this. I, I wish I could take off the top of your head and just pour this in. Go find and fulfill your roles. And do it God's way. And that's righteousness. And that righteousness will deliver to your address. Listen to me. It will, bring, it will bring the shalom peace of God. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this this morning? Thank you, Lord.